Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. All right, Tom. The Lightning lose game six, three to two in overtime. Nikita Kucherov plays one shift, 46 seconds, was that a penalty? Wait, wait, what? I'm sorry. Was it malicious enough to be a penalty? <laughs> well, what's the rule? The rule book doesn't say it was malicious, so it must not have been a penalty. You know what, Steve? Let me just get this out of the way right away. I, I don't care who wins this series. I, I know that Lightning fans and people who listen to this podcast, you're Tampa Bay sports fans, I get it. But I, I, I got to be truthful. I, I really don't care at the end of the yeah, day. You're rooting for the Boston Bruins in this series. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm from Boston. Go back to Boston. I I don't care. I really I mean I don't lose sleep either way. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching this game game six, Steve, and and I'm just telling you as a hockey fan, as a fan of the sport, this was a really bad look. This was a horrible look for the NHL. You have a guy Scott Mayfield, who's a so-so NHL player, who I believe clearly targeted the best player in the playoffs, the leading scorer by far in the playoffs, in Nikita Kucherov who just had a surgically repaired hip and missed a whole regular season, cross-checks him, and I'm telling you, Steve, you know it and I know it, every player in the league knows where pads are on guys, where pads are not, where they're vulnerable, whether or not. Targeted an area that, that I, I truly believe he knew what he was doing. I don't know that he meant to put him out of the game, but that's what happened. He put him out of the game. And then goes on to continue playing, scores the tie and goal later in the game, it's and the and the and the NHL is going to sit there and say, "Wow, this is playoff hockey. This is Game Seven. This is what we like." The referee was standing two feet away. Steve, you saw this. Well, and don't forget the two feet away was standing. Don't forget the cross check on Stamkos at the end of the second period. Right Same thing, right? Yeah. Two Look, th- go back even further. And again, I, I'm not saying this as somebody who's who's rooting for the Lightning. Let's go back even further. Let's go back to Game Five when Matt Barzell cross checks Jan Ruda in the face mm-hmm. and. Gets kicked out of that game. At that point, who cares? That game's over. It's the end of the second period. It's six nothing. I don't. You could kick out half the Islanders team. It's not going to matter at that point. Nobody cares. That game was over. Doesn't get suspended for game six, and and picks up two assists in game six, which leads me to believe. Okay, if you're in New York, just start cross checking people because there's no consequence. You can't get in trouble well, because they're not going to call it. Isn't that what Mayfield did tonight? Exactly what Mayfield did. He cross-checked two guys, but he cross-checked the best player in the National Hockey League. And again, the the excuse we hear after the game, apparently, right, for, that Stephen Stamkos was told by the official, I, I'm assuming he went up to him and said, well, why wasn't that a penalty? And the official tells him, well, I didn't believe it was malicious. To which, what what did John Cooper say about it? No, I don't believe malicious is in the, the, the uh, determining whether it's malicious is not in the rule book. It just cross-checks a cross-check. That's right. It's a penalty or it's not a penalty. I get it. It's game six. The Islanders' season's on the line. I don't even blame the Islanders for any of this. They're they're fighting and scratching and clawing to save their season. They're going to do whatever they're allowed to get away with. But they shouldn't be allowed to get away with this. 
I'm just saying it's a bad look for the NHL that you have a guy, Scott Mayfield, who barely anybody's heard of, targets the best player on the other team with a cheap shot and puts him out of the game. And and now the Lightning may go into a game seven without their best player. And it's basically, the and like I said, the referee was standing two feet away and let it go. Steve, it's the only sport that I know where officials look at it and see a penalty and decide, well, I'm not going to call this one. Now, maybe maybe we hear in football that you could call holding on every play or, you know, in, uh, you know, in basketball, maybe you could call a bump on every play. I don't know. But I do know in hockey, when it gets to the playoffs, the game's officiated differently. I don't want 17 power plays a game. I get that. And we don't have to call it a ticky-tack stuff. But when clearly you have cheap shot, we're start, when we're supposedly worried about player safety. To have that happen in the, in the biggest games of the year, I just think it's an embarrassing look for the league. I want 17 power plays a game because you know what? <laughs> that would stop. Well, there you go. The whole thing is if you call the penalties, that action stops. But no, they let it go. So now you take Nikita Kucherov out. I mean, it, was, it wasn't just a guy finishing a check because, first of all, it was a late check. And it was right. a cross-check. It was a cross-check, yeah. I mean, you could have called either one. I mean, you know, because it was late and it was a cross-check. So whatever you want to call on that. I mean, And the official's staring at it right there, Christopher Lee. Right. Awful call. I mean. Well, and he, and he, he clearly made the determination. He saw it. He couldn't, mm-hmm. There's no way he could not have seen mm-hmm. it. He clearly made the determination, I'm not going to get involved and, on and, this And play. that's how you lose control of a game. Exactly. When officials don't call penalties, they lose control of games. We see it all the time. Where you, it's post scrums and post scrums and post scrums, and, and that didn't happen in this game. But we see it all the time where it happens, and then all of a sudden the officials have lost control of the game because they never threw anybody out. Right. And, and and forget even up penalties. Throw the yeah. guy that started it out, give power plays out, and those actions stop. That's exactly right, and it shouldn't matter that it's that it's that it's game six or game one or. Mm-hmm. When it happens. Now, I'll say this, and I'm going to go back to the Barzell cross-check to the face. I'm not stunned that he didn't get suspended for Game 6, and I'm not even sure he should have been I didn't. I didn't think he should be suspended for Game 6, and I didn't think they would. No, I didn't think so either, and I understand why they didn't. And now I'll say this, had it happened in February, he probably would have got a game. But they're not going to suspend the guy, the best player on the other team, when their season's in, in down to an elimination game. However, I get it. I, I don't have a huge problem with him not being suspended. But when you add all these things up, if you're the Lightning, I'm saying, wait a minute, I get a guy cross-checked in the face, nothing happens to the other guy, and and he comes and scores, he gets picked up two assists in game six. I got another guy who cross-checks my best player out of the game and possibly out of the series. He scores the game-tying goal in the third period. Like, what? What what what's what's going on? Why why aren't we calling? And it's not like you missed it. It's not like you had your back to the play. That happens. Referees miss mm-hmm. calls. I get. There's a lot going on out there. But when it happens two feet away from you, you're looking right at it, and you decide, mm, I don't know. Didn't seem that bad. That that's not shouldn't be a part of the yeah determining it, factor. It's either a cross check or it isn't. It's not. Man, eh, that wasn't bad. It, it, and, it it's and, either tripping or it isn't. That's true. It, it's, now here for him to say. I, I didn't think it was malicious. I got news for you. I think it was malicious. And resu- I know what the result was. Nikita Kucherov didn't play again the yeah, rest of the game. Yeah. Well, and like I said, not only was it the cross check, but it was also very late. So, yes, it is malicious because Kucherov's not expecting to get hit. That's a great point. Just, just look at look at when he got hit and the way his body went. He, it's was, a, he almost had like whiplash. It's yeah. one of those, you know, you've got the puck, you get rid of it, and you know the hit's coming. 
I mean, that happens all the time, and you brace for it. And, and the, the players are smart. They know that. Sure. He had gotten rid of it. Enough time had passed. He's not expecting to get hit. It's, Tell you what it's, else, It's too. in his back. It's a cross-check. It's late. I mean, it was, it's egregious. Not, it is egregious. not malicious. It absolutely was malicious, and it may be worse than that. You talk about it being him not expecting. You're 100% right about that, Steve. The other thing is, I don't think players don't expect to get hit there either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that lower back. You almost expect it. Like, we saw, well, who was it? Goudreau, which I actually thought was a stupid penalty at the it, end of the game. It absolutely was. It absolutely because was. That, because the Islanders had given up. They, had, mm-hmm. they, 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 and there was no more crap going on. They weren't running any, they weren't chasing anybody or, you know. I give the Islanders a lot of credit not making that game dirty. Right. I mean, they, they could have, they could have easily was, turned that third period. I mean, you had the scrum right at the end of the second period. Right. They could have easily come out the third per- period and started taking liberties, and they didn't. Right. And I'll give they them a did. lot of credit. They were down 6 nothing, eventually 7-8, and eight, and they did not take liberties at all. Right. I, I, and, I, and I they, give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I do too. And they had basically thrown the white flag, and they, and they were just – they were start off the plane. We're loading. We're almost mm-hmm. out of here. Let's just get out of this game. And then Goudreau, it was a stupid cross check. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not because it was stupid. Because all of a sudden now, you know, you're worried about losing the game. It's not like they were going to score eight mm-hmm. goals in the last seven minutes or whatever. But that's when crap breaks out, and then yeah. you somebody gets hurt, mm-hmm. you know, or you get somebody on your team gets suspended for doing something mm-hmm. stupid. But here's the thing, and I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm making an excuse for Goudreau. That cross-check was up high. Guys, mm-hmm. when, you, when you cross-check a guy up sort of the meat of his back, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt because somebody said, well, come on down. Let me try it on yeah. you and see but, how it But goes. you know there's padding there. You know There's you know padding, that. and there's also like the meat of your back. Is yeah. That's different than when you hit a guy where – I don't know where he hit Kucherov. I don't know if it's a rib injury he has or like a liver type thing. All I know is – He's hurt enough that he didn't come back in an elimination game. And Nikita Kucherov, we know, we've seen, has a pretty high pain threshold. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty surprised uh, that I, I'd be shocked that, that if he was able to play and didn't. You know, he, he obviously couldn't play anymore. I don't like I said, Steve, it's just a bad look. And here's the other thing. And I get so sick of hearing, I, you know, I follow on Twitter and a lot of people start complaining about broadcasters. Oh, they hate the lightning. Everybody, uh, and they don't, okay? The broadcasters, the NBC guys, NHL Network, all of them, they don't hate the Lightning. They don't care either who wins or loses. But I'm telling you, Steve, the way they reacted or didn't react on the broadcast, and I'm talking from Eddie Olchuk and Brian Boucher, and I'm talking about the analyst, Brian Boucher and uh, and Eddie Olchuk, and then in the studio with Patrick uh, Sharp and um, Keith Jones, the to almost say, well, you know, that's playoff hockey. That's almost like the the attitude they took. Now they all said it should have been a penalty on on Mayfield, but nobody really called out like that's dirty. That's this mm-hmm. is bad for this is a bad look for the NHL. I always talk about why people love inside the NBA with Charles Barkley and Shaq and Casey Smith. Those guys tell it like it is. That's They'll call terrible. out anybody. That hits terrible. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. They'll rip. They'll rip the league. They yeah. don't care. Mm-hmm. They'll rip. They rip the commissioner. They'll they'll rip any. They rip their own network. And, and same thing with Van Gundy on the on ESPN and and uh, Mark Jackson. That's why people. That's why those NBA broadcasters are so good. NHL. It's like they're. I mean, are they all getting paid by the league? And it's, that's where you feel like you need to call somebody out. You need to call out Chris Lee on that and say that's an awful call. What do you look at? This looks horrible for the NHL that the best player has been knocked out of the game on a cheap shot that wasn't even called. Wasn't even a two minute penalty. I think that's suspension worthy, but who cares? It's Scott Mayfield, so it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I just think it's a bad look for the league. Now, look, Steve, that, that's not the only reason they lost the game. 
Now, I'd like to have, if, yeah. if it's me, I'd per, per, personally would like to have the best player on my team play. Sure, but they were up 2 nothing in the second period. Right. And they were, and they lost. Were up two, yeah. I mean, it's only the second time this year they took a lead to the third period and lost. Wow, that, which is hard the regular to season they went undefeated that way. They lost one earlier in the playoffs, and this was only the second time all season that they they led after two periods and lost. And they, and they, and they had you know I I realized they were they were down numbers. Uh, there was a good chunk of the second mm-hmm. period that they were playing with only ten forwards, um, but you know Braden Point, who again amazing nine straight games now playoff goals or nine straight playoff games with a goal like one short of the record now right with yeah reggie leach reggie leach is the only one who's 10 games in a row right and we won't break the bad news yet i mean but reggie leach's flyers did not win the stanley cup that year so maybe maybe Braden point doesn't score the next game keeps breaks the streak but the lightning keep on winning but he scores and then and then i thought didn't you think though when sorelli scored that goal was right after the lightning had killed off a five on three, which is also a kind of well a four on three that turned into a five on three into a five on four, right? Yeah, no, that I thought that was a huge. Mo- I mean, at that point, you think, okay, the Lightning are going to take control of this game and and finish it, right? And, and then Sorelli scores right after mm-hmm. that. Yep, with like with about seven minutes and change left in the second period, yep. and at that point. I'm thinking that okay. There's the backbreaker. That's yep. that's the one. Now now the Islanders going to open up. We're going to start seeing a bunch of two on ones going back the other way. Here's the thing, Steve. I didn't think the Lightning played all that bad after that. It wasn't like I looked at them and thought, oh my gosh, they're playing with fire here. And it wasn't like they took a bunch of penalties. Hmm. I'll give the Islanders credit from that point on. The Islanders just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until they tied. Out. I didn't think the the Lightning was that bad after. No, I, 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 and John Cooper even said, he goes, look, you know, it wasn't like they were getting rush after rush and and high danger scoring opportunity after high danger scoring opportunity. I mean, others were pushing They're you know, they're down two nothing with the risk of being eliminated. And then in the third period down two to one, but I didn't think the Lightning played bad. I I thought occasion, I mean, their puck management was a little weak at times in their own zone. They weren't necessarily hard enough to get the puck out of their zones and it, it kept the puck in the zone a little too much. And and so you felt like you were chasing the game for parts of it in the third period. But I didn't think they played that bad in the third period. No, they didn't play that bad at all. No. And then and, and then and, I, and I'll give Mayfield credit like that goal. I thought was a really good goal. That's a I, I, that's a perfect shot. Yeah. You can't blame Vasilevsky at all. On no, that. I mean, he was, I, Vasilevsky was in perfect position. There was, was one little sliver of the uh, above his shoulder of, uh, in the net open and Mayfield hit it. And then Scott Mayfield, I'm, I'm telling you, and I, I, don't, I don't hate to make it seem like I'm ripping on Scott Mayfield. I think you can give him that 10 of those shots, and that was the only one he was going to I can give 100, and he might make it once. <laughs> it's the only one that mattered. Is he, yeah. he, he actually did it in the game, but I agree. Like I'm with you. He, he Maybe one out of 100, he'd be able to hit that. So I, I don't blame Vasilevsky at all for that. And then, of course, we get to the overtime, and, and the Blake Coleman, that's just a horrible giveaway. That, that You cannot. I mean, Blake Coleman's been so good for this team. And normally doesn't make plays like that. No. And, and I thought he was good tonight. I thought he had a really I, I, good game. No, I, I think he was too. He just made a bad decision of going to the center of the ice in overtime. You can't, you've right. got to go up the boards with that. You can't go to the center of the ice like that. And he, and, know, he knows it. Yeah, I'm sure it's – And Bavillier <laughs> took a shot. In. He took a shot at it, made a beautiful play and a beautiful shot. I mean, you've got to give Anthony Bavillier a lot of credit. And I think he's had a really good series, Bavillier. Yes, I agree. The thing with yeah, and you hate that sort of almost go in with a plan in overtime. You almost want to tell your team just go out and play. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a I had a sense, and and I texted you right before the overtime. I yep. said either somebody's going to score in the first two minutes, or we're going to play all night. Yep. And 
Usually, and I actually thought the Lightning would be the team that scored in the first couple of minutes. But you almost want to take the attitude if you're the you're the road team, um, you're the you're the one who has a game to give. Like this is the Islanders' season's mm-hmm. online. It's a win or go home for them. And you almost you almost think that the longer that overtime would have got on, the more tight the Islanders get. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, it's like oh man, every play now is your season's online. You're scared to make a mistake. But it was almost like the puck dropped, and here we go, and the fans are all revved up. And and you're you're right, Bolivia, uh, Bolivia, Bolivia, or I can't say his name all of a sudden. Bavillier, uh, Bavillier, uh, jumped the play. It was the right play, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was almost like if you make the safe play there, Blake Coleman, mm-hmm. and and just let the game keep going all night, just keep rolling over your lines. Eventually, the Islanders going to make a mistake because I, I think the ner- the deeper that period goes, the nerves start to switch over to to the Islanders. Well, and, and even without Kucherov. You still had more high-end skill players on your team. The right. odds are you're going to get the more chances in the overtime the longer it goes, because you've got more guys on the ice that can make tough shots and, and that high skill mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, right. you just, like I said, Blake Coleman. I thought had a good game. He's had a really good playoffs. That was a bad decision in overtime, and, right. and so now you go to Game Seven on Friday night. And I, you know, we'll look at Game Seven, and I felt this way after. Game five when they won eight to nothing and and everybody said well what's that mean for game six and I I was telling a couple of people to ask me that I said it means nothing if there's anything I learned from all these years covering the playoffs particularly this current group with the mm-hmm. you know the the Stamkos Hedman Kucherov Cooper Tyler Johnson now it's Kalorn group is that one game has no impact on the next game yep. I've seen the Lightning lose what I thought were gut punch losses like oh my god mm-hmm. well, this is the worst loss ever. And then come back the next game and win, and and I think back to that very first year they went to the finals um, with against Chicago, mm-hmm. and I remember that series, the first round against Detroit, Detroit they were, yeah. should have lost game four in Detroit and, and been Joe down Lewis. three to one, yeah, yeah, three one late, and they scored the goal and then win in overtime. Victor Hedman with a great play in overtime uh, to set up, I believe it was Tyler Johnson, I think in overtime, mm-hmm. and they win that game. You're like, okay, now they're back home, best of three, they're gonna take care of business, and then they lose game five. Yep. You're like, oh my gosh, how do you lose that game? And then they went back to Detroit and won game six, and, and then game seven was a, a basically a one nothing game. Um, and then later in those playoffs, they win a game five in the Eastern Conference Finals to go up three games to two against... Um, Lundquist against, in New York. They win it yeah. 2 nothing in New York at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and you're thinking, okay, that's yep. it. Come home, wrap it up. And they got annihilated they, in game six. They laid six. an egg in game six. And then and you're thinking, okay, now yep. it's over. And They're went back to Madison seven. Square Garden where they never lose game seven, and you shut out the Rangers and Lundquist and won 2 nothing. Right. And so we've seen it before. Also the same thing, I think the the uh, Pittsburgh series in two, the next season mm-hmm. won a game that they probably didn't deserve to win yep. in overtime in game five. Puck went off of, I think, Tyler Johnson's rear end or somebody's rear end, hit somebody in the, in the butt and went in. And you're like, okay, they'll come home and they'll win get and lose game six. No. And then you figure they're going to get blown out in game seven. They actually made a really good game. It was a close game. They lost that game. So my point being is these games, one game I don't believe carries over to the next. You know what? The, actually, game mm-hmm. six of this reminds me a lot of, and I know that the teams are totally different. There's nobody around from this team. But the 2004 Lightning that won the Cup, if you remember back, they lost game six in Philadelphia, the Eastern Conference Final. Chance to win it and wrap it up and go to the Stanley Cup Final. Lost game six. Gave up a goal, I want to say, with about a minute 
10, 15 left in the third period, blew a third period lead, lost in overtime. You're like, oh, my gosh, that was it. There's your chance. You, you were a minute away from going to the finals, and you blew it. And then they came home and they won game seven. You know, So these games going back and forth. But let me ask you, Steve, if Kucherov does not play, and I look, it's 20, you know, we got another 24 hours before he has to make a decision on this, and I'm sure they'll do everything they can to get him ready for game seven. And we don't know what exactly is wrong with him. If he can, I have a hard time imagining he can play. If he if he could not come back in Game Six, he must have been hurt pretty good. Now maybe they can fix him up. If he doesn't play, how big of a loss is this for? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Now, you don't expect to get a lot of power plays in a Game Seven because good going point. back to the officiating. But you're still talking about the player with the most assists in, in the playoffs. The most points the last two seasons. I mean, so much of that offense runs through him. And secondarily, and, and you know, we've seen how much Braden Point. Braden Point is a tremendous player and had a great regular season. He is so much better when Nikita Kucherov's on his wing. No question. It opens the, it opens the ice. Of, I don't care if you put Sorelli, Gord, Kalorn, Palat. I mean, who else you want to put, you know, with Braden Point? When Nikita Kucherov's on the same line as him, Braden Point has more time and space. Period. Right. Nobody else. They don't fear anybody else. The way, I mean, you know, Braden Point's the second best offensive player on this team behind Kucherov. Sure. You know, Stamkos has the best shot, but as far as an all-around offensive player, Kucherov, it, it, when he's on the ice, Braden Point is better because he has more time and space, and and they see the game very similarly too. Do you think there would be there would be a scenario, and I and I agree with you hundred percent about the power plays. You're not typically going to get a whole lot of power plays in a game seven. Would you though take the risk of okay, he can he can probably go out there, but he's, we probably don't want him taking a lot of contact. Would it be worth? We'll, we'll go ahead and go twelve instead of going eleven seven like they often do. Mm-hmm. Go twelve, you know, go twelve six, twelve forward six defensemen. Play Kucherov, but. Let's save him for power plays. Limit and, or limit or if limit he his. Really needed him. Yeah, you know, when when he's on the ice, you know, take off a few shifts here and there. I mean, I think it all depends. I mean, first of all, what's wrong with Kucherov? And we're never going to know till after the season if we know it all. <laughs> I mean, true. here's the question: Did you know? Did he break a rib? Mm-hmm. Or more, which, if he did, I can't imagine rib? he could even go out there and play. Or is it just a, a deep bruise? Mm-hmm. And you know, he's having trouble breathing and whatever else because where he got hit, and maybe in two days it. it you know, it's it's bearable. I, you know, we don't know what's wrong, first of all. Is that, and just real quick, too. I, now, he stayed out there for a couple of extra seconds and then tried to make a hit against Barzell, mm-hmm. and it was after that. I, I still believe it was the cross-check that, yeah, that I, put I, him I'm out. Yeah, I'm certain it was. Is, is there any possibility that when he hit Barzell, he could have done something else? Like, I thought for a split second, like, did he hurt his shoulder? Did, like... Well, I've seen guys separate shoulders on hits like, right. kind of well, like and, that. And, and no one saw that cross-check initially as far as the television side went because Kucherov already passed the puck up and the, the camera was already moving away yeah. right? because it was so late. It wasn't like he was on the puck and got hit. So yeah. the first replays you saw were the hit against Barzell. It, it, it's possible one of two things. Either he thought he could go and once he went to try to make a hit and realized, wow, I can't. Like this hurts too much, or right. I can't breathe, or whatever. I mean, you know, you, I mean, you also have that adrenaline too. You just got hit; it hurts, but it's a playoff game. It's game six. You're, you know, but then all of a sudden you go to make that hit, and you're like, "Whoa, I, I can't do this," right. or I need to get looked at. And then at that point, they must have ruled him out, or, or whatever. See what concerned me, Steve, about it was he went straight off. It was 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times guys will go back to the bench and, okay, let me just let me get my bearings for a minute. Yep. Let me take a couple. Well, of but New York, too. I mean, the other part of it, it's not like you go to the bench and then can go back to the locker room. Right. If he goes to the bench, he's got to wait for a stoppage of play before he can leave the ice, right. too. So at that arena, maybe part of it was, you know what, I'm right here by the door. Let me just go back. Because yeah. I, I, it's not like I can go sit on the bench for 30 seconds, a minute, three minutes, five minutes, and then go back. You've got to wait right. for a stoppage of play because there's not a direct access from the bench to your, your... – Another reason to close down that crap hole, no. by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to go skate. You know, it's in the corner or whatever where you go down the, the tunnel back to your locker room. So. Right. You know, he was standing kind of real, it was right by there. And if you go sit on the bench, you've got to wait to go do anything, you know, and you never you never know what's going to happen. So it may have sure. been easier to go back. Right. But if we do, OK, so we don't know what's wrong with them 100 percent. No, and, and we probably never will know. I mean, you know, the way they are with hockey injuries. Right. They may not even tell you it's an upper body or lower body injury. I mean, that's true. It's a middle body. <laughs> that's what that's what it is. It's a middle body. It's a body. Injury. Does it that's help? All you know. Does it help that if he doesn't play, at least you know going in, okay, we don't have him? Well, I think that, I mean, look, they played a whole 56-game season without him. Right. I mean, they know how they can play without him. They're just not nearly as dangerous. Sure. You know, particularly in, in a playoff series when everything gets a little tighter. I mean, you know, what he can do with the puck is, is incredible and amazing. Right. And, you know, well, and like I said, but it also means less time and space for Braden Point, which makes it harder and on him. And Stamkos on the power play. I think uh, Stamkos... Absolutely on the power play, too. But, right. But I'm just saying in regular five-on-five five play, Braden Point is more dangerous because Kucherov's sitting on that wing. Right. And, and Kucherov's more dangerous because Point is on the line with him. For sure. For sure. I think when it comes to Game 7, Steve, what I always look at, and I, this, this is not exactly rocket science here, I say who has the most talent? Mm-hmm. individual talent and who has the best goalie and that's where i usually give my my advantage to and mm-hmm. i think in both cases it's the lighting in both these cases. now varlamov varlamov has played he's really played well. very well this series um right but i also but i still if it's a one game winner take yep. all i vasilevsky would be my guy and i also and you just mentioned even without kucherov there's more individual talent they just mm-hmm. have guys who can who can make a play um that and the, but look the owners don't have a lot of those guys but they have a couple mm-hmm. And you only need a couple, maybe, if it's a two-to-one game yeah. or something like that. Here's the interesting thing with this Lightning group. And, you know, granted, a lot of them have been together for a long time. Do you know the last Game 7 they won? The last Game 7 the Lightning won? Mm-hmm. Wow, let me think about this. Was it that Rangers game? That's correct. Wow. The only other times they've been to a Game 7. I mean, that's the thing about this Lightning run. They don't go to Game 7s. They, they, they lost no, to the they Penguins lost to and they lost to the Capitals. Lost both to the Capitals both in the Eastern year. Conference Finals. The other playoff loss they had was the sweep to the Blue Jackets right. in four, which after the 62 win season, but with Hedman not playing or, you know, something wasn't, you know, a concussion that he had sat out the end of the regular season. I think if, if Hedman wasn't concussed, that series is different. I mean, maybe. Oh, I, don't I know, agree. I don't 100%. know if the Lightning win or not, but if he was healthy, oh, I, I think. he was healthy. They don't blow that first game. Savard no. doesn't undress him. To start the comeback, and, and and I think you know it's a different series, but I agree that's part of hockey and injuries sure. and, and all that's part of it. But this Lightning group has only you know they haven't won a game seven since fifteen. They've only and played they in won, two since then. I was gonna say they 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 won two that year. They beat Detroit, which we mentioned. Yes, in the that's game correct. Seven. Yes, and and that was a game. Looking back, if you remember that game, Steve, I'm not sure they deserved to win that game. That was a and that would that that would worry me a little bit about this game seven is that. I, if you look back again, this is 
just to use it as an example, not to compare the same players mm-hmm. because the players are so young. Stamkos and Johnson and Kalorn, they were all playing. This is like their their first game seven. Their first well, since well, I'm st- I guess Stamkos well, played. Stamkos and Hedman played against ago. Boston and Pittsburgh yeah. in eleven. They they, That's they right. won game seven against Pittsburgh in the first round, lost to Boston in game seven. Where in the Eastern Conference got Finals hit in the face. were where yeah, and it was uh, a one nothing game with no power plays called. Right. That's right. Um, but I, when I look back at that Detroit game that they won, mm-hmm. I thought the lightning was really tight. And, and even thinking back to the game seven that the Rangers lost at Madison Square Garden, I thought the Rangers played really tight mm-hmm. that game. Sometimes it's easier to play these game sevens on the road because you can almost sometimes the energy from the fans can almost rub off on the players that that nervousness. But mm-hmm. having said that, Steve, I, the one thing I've admired about John Cooper's lightning teams is the resiliency that they've had in games where they've mm-hmm. lost that have been difficult losses. You think, okay, they're done. They well, can't. In the last two don't. seasons, they are now eleven and zero, following a loss in the postseason. And every playoff loss, you know, Rick and I have talked about this a bunch, and you and I have talked about it. That every time you lose a playoff game, like, oh my gosh, this is the worst team ever. Like, mm-hmm. how did they? It's the sky's falling. Yep. And when you win, and, it's you're going to you're going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> you're going to win, and it's so funny, like. I, I've had columns that I've been writing. I remember the year that they played the Islanders, and it was the year after they went to the cup final against Yeah, in uh, 16. Yep, the second round yeah, against 16. the Islanders. Second round against the It was the supposed Islanders. to be against the Panthers that year, but the Islanders upset them. The Islanders upset them, so they played in Brooklyn. That's back when mm-hmm. the games were in Brooklyn. And they won back-to-back overtime games. In Brian Boyle scored in, in one game, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Jason uh, Garrett scored in the other game. But, or Jason Garrison. Um, but I remember, I think one of the, I think it was the, the game against the first overtime game, game three. And I had two columns going because, you know, I'm writing on deadline Yep. and it's so funny. It's like, Oh, and it's just, again, it's another example of like this roller coaster that you're on. Mm-hmm. I had one column like what resiliency, what battle, what toughness, what in, you know, intestinal fortitude going on one screen on the other screen is like. Bunch of bums. How can you blow this? This is the one. John Cooper, mentally weak team. What are you doing? And it's so, it's, it all depends on, you know, puck, you shoot, fire a puck at the net, hit somebody on the rear end, it goes in. And it's like, oh, greatest guys ever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I do, I do think, though, that, that their, their experience in these games or just in the play, in, in, overcoming adversity will help them in this. Well, and, and how many of these guys have now had over 100 playoff games? I mean, you know, I mean, they've had so many. Now, the 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 ironic part is last season, one of the storylines in the postseason, granted it started with a five-overtime game in the first game of the playoffs, is how well the Lightning did in overtime games and how much overtime they played last season. They're 0-3 in overtime in the playoffs this year. Yeah, which is, again, hard to believe for a team that, that's usually pretty resilient. But I... I noticed it again after the game. I think there was a bit of an anger uh, at what happened. I think there was some they'll, – they'll work that out over the next day the, over Kucherov, losing Kucherov. Well, I think there's anger of that, and I think there'll be some calls to the league going, come on, you know, yeah. with the officiating. I mean, they, they didn't really say a lot publicly other than Stamkos mentioning that the official told him it wasn't malicious. Just, right. It's, it's, it's like the, uh, what, the scene in A Few Good Men. I object. <laughs> Overruled. No, no, no. I strenuously object. You know, like oh well. You know, well, that's a that's a cross check. But but it wasn't. You know, hold on. I object. Oh, okay. Well, it was malicious. Now we'll call it. <laughs> you just. I, I mean, my thing with officiating, and I rarely jump on officials because I think it's a hard job, and I also don't think it's as bad. You know, when you're not 
emotionally invested in a team, then you can step back a little bit and say, well, you got away with this. And, you, and you, the calls, here's the thing, though, Steve. When you get late in a series, the calls don't always even out. <laughs> That's no. the thing that scares you a little bit. Like, you think over the course of a, a whole season, the more games you play, yeah, the calls even out. Mm-hmm. You're going to win some games with the help from the officials, and you're going to lose some games on some bad calls. We're down to one game. Like, we don't have time to make up well, for bad calls. Well, we haven't even talked about the first, the first goal that the Islanders got. The hook yeah. that Barzell had on Kalorn. And Kalorn would have gotten a stick on that, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Kalorn would have had a shot to block that. They don't call that they don't call that hook. I mean, yeah. you know, that goal maybe doesn't happen. And then who then it's a whole different game. Yeah, I mean, because the deeper that goes to now the Islanders gotta start opening it up a little bit. And we saw that what happened in game in game five when they tried to open up. I mean with letting win that game eight nothing, it could have been fifteen nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh. And the amount yeah, of odd and, man rushes and breakaways they had the first period alone. Right, and I and I think the Islanders would have started pressing a little bit. Um, we get to Game Seven. I, I again with this with this team, the Islanders. It, you know, first goal matters. You don't you don't want them getting the first goal and then sitting back. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing, and I know this is going to sound like sour grapes, and again, I don't care because I don't care. But I think it's I think I think the Islanders are just a boring team to watch. I mean, people will no. watch it tonight. And I know the Islander fans are all excited. And you watch a oh, lot of Jacques way, Lemaire hockey. It's it's the same. Yeah, system. and I covered Jacques Lemaire it's hockey. The same for, system. It's, it's three it's years. awful to watch. I watched it, and in Minnesota. I get it. You got to play that way. It was awful in Minnesota when I was there and watched it yes. with the Wild. Yeah, I was there too, and it was it. And I got it. Like you didn't, they didn't have and Ray I, Bork, and, and Joe I don't Sack understand why they reward that play in the playoffs in the NHL. Officiate. Well, and, that's and they have for years. It's not just this series. And look, there were some calls that they missed against the Lightning, too. Kalorn had a hook mm-hmm. uh, early in the third period. They should have called. I mean, there was there was penalties missed on the Lightning, too. I mean, I just the officiating the playoffs. I, I just don't understand the thinking of it by the league. I know I you don't. don't and- I know you don't want to decide a game on a bad call. And so some of the, the, the ticky tack stuff. OK, fine. But cross checks. You know, you know. I mean, we we talked about the Barzal one in Game Five. They called that penalty, and they called it right. a five a minute penalty too. So, I didn't think he'd be suspended because of that. Had he not got called in the game, maybe they would have. Right. And the game was out of hand, and it didn't matter. They got thrown out. But I mean, but at least you got your penalty. Right. You know, no, Mayfield I, will get a five thousand dollar fine for that cross check, and that'll be it. And it's it's just a, such a bad look for the league. I just think it's a bad look that any time a, a player like Mayfield can take out a player like Kucherov and put him out of the game and and not even be penalized for it. Yeah. And then be on a dirty play. It was dirty. On the broadcast. Yeah, it was dirty. It. It was I mean it dirty. wasn't it wasn't like he just went in to finish his check and, and Kucherov got hurt. It was late. Right. It was a cross check and Kuch wasn't even expecting it because it was so late. Right. Well, you just like I I'm with you uh you don't want to see the referees sort of overtake a game or decide a game, but on something like that, just the the fact that, and I again, I could have swallowed it if he didn't see it, if he was getting out of the way of a puck, or the referee I'm talking about, mm-hmm. or um, you know, watching something else, or there was a scramble in front. Um, I get all that, but when you're standing right there and you look at it and say, eh, well, and if it, what it he told, if if what he told, what Stamkos said he said is true, that makes it even worse. For sure. You know, it's like, the, you know, we, the referee got caught on a hot mic earlier this year saying, oh, I've been looking to give him a penalty since the first period. Well, sitting there right. watching a penalty and going, ah, it wasn't malicious enough. That's, I mean, what's the difference? It's awful. Right. I mean, if that official told the Lightning that, he should be reprimanded or pulled out of the playoffs and done. 
I mean, that's egregious. <laughs> I'm not sure Chris Lee should be well, doing playoff games anyway. Uh, th- well, that's a good point. But I mean, I know Montreal fans haven't been happy with him either because he's missed a lot of calls in that series because he's refed a few of those games. Because Phil was Phil Esposito was even talking about that before the game tonight. Going, I hope he doesn't hurt us. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, that's the thing. You just don't want him getting in the way. And I and I understand the hesitancy to call penalties. And and I get it. Like the Islanders, you know, their their season's on the line. But look, they pulled a lot of this stuff in the first round against Pittsburgh too. Mm-hmm. And and Bruce Cassidy was complaining about him in the series against Boston. So this isn't the first time. I don't think you should reward teams who aren't as talented as other teams, and we're just going to, you know, they have a reputation. Well, like, we're scrappy. You and know, take, we'll, taking we'll, liberties with star players in the league, that's not good. Yeah. It's bad for the league. It's I mean, a bad look for the league. The and N- I'll tell you what, and, and the NHL might get what they want, get what you want. You get your New York team in the finals, and they'll play Montreal, and it'll be two teams playing in quicksand. And you know what I'll be doing? I'll be watching the NBA finals. That's what I'll be watching. I'll be watching Wander Franco. Watch I'll be watching Wander yeah. Franco. There you go. How about Wander Franco, man? Or was it Franco? We're it's Fra- Franco, Franco is actually the way it's pronounced. The way I'm. How come so. we're just finding this out? I had to find out. I was watching a game the other night, and the first time I heard his name was Wander. You've Franco. covered hockey long enough. You know how these players, Marshan, Marshawn, and they change it every year. Tony you know? Dorsett, Tony Dorsett. Yeah. yeah, they tell you every you know, every year. It's like, oh no, no, I want to be called this. <laughs> tell me that guy doesn't. I'll tell you what he looks like. He looks like a like a superstar. He just the way. He, he came up the first time the other night, Steve, and he he just looked like a big time player, doesn't well, he? Doesn't well, he first of all, first of all, he's jacked. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, you sit there and you go, "Man, I mean that that's a man there," and you're like, "Yes." And then you look, then he smiles. He's got the braces on. And he's twenty years old. You're like, "What?" I know it. I mean, it, I mean, and I've been impressed, and I didn't get to see a lot of the game tonight because I was working the Lightning game, but I did have the Rays game on the iPad, and I'm following it. But I mean, you know, I, what he drew a walk in the first period. Yeah, good at bat. Good first, at bat. First, yeah. uh, his first at bat. But but even his first at bat on Tuesday night went o two two swinging. You know, two foul balls to four two. Right. Good plate discipline. Had the home yeah. run. Had the double. You know that double was hit. I know. I think the exit velocity was like one hundred and six. I think the the clock was off. It was like two hundred and six miles per hour. <laughs> I thought he was going to break the wall in left field. Yeah. I mean, it was hit so hard. It's in, in the, the the double play he made on Tuesday night uh, mm-hmm. with uh, the runner. You know, he went to tag the runner, forced him out of the baseline, so he was out, and then still had the arm to get it to first base. You know, just everything. I mean, you know, we've heard about him for years, and you know, you're not the number one prospect in baseball for two years in a row without fans knowing about it. And you saw the the turnout and the chanting his name and 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 how crazy everybody went when he came up every time. Have and they I, ever? Ha- I mean, when's, would Longoria be the last guy that that we remember that he, when he got called up that the people were this excited about? Him? So I mean, I, I wasn't here for Longoria when David Price came up. Yeah, but well, Price came up in the playoffs or at the end of right, the year and right. he pitched. He pitched. I think his first game was on the road, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think he pitched at Yankee Stadium, maybe, uh, may or maybe had. A, I don't remember. I like. I don't remember it. I remember it being a big deal. Like, oh, David Price is here. Mm-hmm. And and Longoria came up after the 2008 season started, like right. you know. Yeah, he came up, and and Dave Wills talked about that the other night. He said, you know, when we saw Wander this year in spring training, he wasn't ready to come up yet. And granted, he hadn't played above A ball yet. Right. And you know, he was what 19 in the spring. I think he turned 20 in March. I believe that's his birthday. He, by the way, he's the first baseball player born in 2001. So if you want that's, to really feel old that, now, that's crazy. That's uh, crazy. But 
you know, he said Wander wasn't ready yet. I mean, you know, you could see all the skills and the, the tools, but, he, you know, he needed to still get some more at-bats, some games. He didn't have games all last year. He did go to the Dominican League, but got hurt five games in. You know, so, you know, you're just at the alternate site and all that. Right. They said Evan Longoria back in 2008, in spring training, he was ready to come up. They didn't bring him up yet. They waited. It was, yeah, but you yeah, could tell he was ready in spring training. Thing, yeah. But he was also a college player. He was older. You know, he, he, he had you know been playing games and that. So I, I wasn't here for that debut. I mean, locally it may have been just as big. I don't know. Um, it was I, a I, big. I, it was a big deal, and I and it's easy to think about Wonder mm-hmm. Wonder Franco and and make it a bigger deal because it just happened. But yeah, I do remember it being a big deal, and I was here when Longoria came up. Right. And it was pretty cool, and everybody was excited. And everybody knew he was going to be a star, and he was the first pick and all that. But it just, I don't know, this seems like there's more of a buzz. Maybe the reason it's more of a buzz this time is because the Rays are good. Well, I was just like, going to say that. It, it, not only you know, not only is it this great player, but he's joining a team that won 97 or 40 games last year in a bubble, went 40 and 20, went to the World Series, won 97 games the year before that, 90. And you're thinking he's going to make this team better. Right. You know, it's not just let's call up a prospect on a really bad team. You know, for instance, you know, the other one I, I thought of after, you know, you know, Rick and I had talked about this on, on the podcast earlier, you know, seeing Stamkos. And I wasn't here for that either. But I know that they used that marketing campaign to create a lot of buzz about number one draft pick Steven Stamkos. Right. Starting, you know, but he came to a bad team. Right. You know, and same with and, Vinny Lacavie. and his coach was sitting him every four games or whatever because he didn't <laughs> think he was right. strong enough or something. But right. that's a whole nother story, <laughs> you know, but and, and Vinny Lacavie would be another one. V- Vinny Lacavie was I, I was obviously here for that. I covered mm-hmm. I was covering the lightning then. And Art Williams well, was supposed to be the, the Michael owner. Jordan of hockey, right? Michael Jordan of hockey. And everybody just rolled their eyes. But I mean, there obviously was a lot of excitement. There mm-hmm. was this anticipation that, hey, this might be the best prospect to come along since Mary Lemieux or whatever. Mm-hmm. And. And yet it was it was like you said it was a really bad team and and he had an, he had like a good year and he scored thirteen goals I think it was mm-hmm. uh, so and long, when Longoria joined the Rays yeah they went to the World Series that year but we didn't know in April or whenever he came up or May or whatever that that uh, that they were going to go to the World Series I mean they were still mm-hmm. they were coming off a, uh, another bad team the year before so. Um, but yeah, you're right. Wander Frank, this time around, it feels like, hey, this is the jolt they needed. I thought they caught him up at the perfect time. They had lost whatever it was, seven in a row, six in a row, when they called him up. So they needed, and they were out, coming off that bad trip in Seattle. Mm-hmm. It was a good little, it was a good little spark. And even though they lost, uh, lost his first game against the Red Sox in extra innings, um, you know they bounced back. Well, he, he hit the three run home run to tie that game. I mean, you, after he hit that, you're thinking, oh, they're going to win this game. They should have won this game. Yeah, they should have. If if Brett Phillips is paying the talent, I don't know what Brett Phillips was doing. I think he, he you know, I think he forgot somebody was on well, first base. I, I think what happened is he's on second because he starts the inning on second base. He pinch ran, right? So the, you know, and the, the new rules in extra innings, you start on second base. They Rosarina struck out, right? And then they intentionally walked Joey Wendell, but you don't throw those pitches anymore, right? So it's easy to if you're not if you're maybe you're talking to the shortstop or second I, and baseman. Knowing Brett Phillips a little bit, yeah. he probably was talking yeah. to somebody. You're not, I mean, Joey Wendell just walks to first and the next batter's up and you're, you know, you kind of didn't process. I mean, I'm not making an excuse for it because it's a bad, it's, it's an no, egregious because play. You could tell when he ran back to second, yeah. he was looked at like, like he was like, the most shocked man doing? in the world that here comes Joey Wendell. <laughs> 
Like, how did you get here, man? But I, I think it's just with the unintentional walk, he just didn't process it because it happened so quickly of, you know, just to go take your base. Yeah. You don't go to the plate. You don't, you know, you don't wait there for the catcher to put out the arm and throw four pitches anymore. And I well, th- they I think were he, even he, lucky to get. You know, it's a bad mistake. And they were even lucky to get to the next inning because they, you know, the top of that inning, you know, Fairbanks is throwing balls through yeah. Zanino's legs and. Well, they get but, but kudos to plate. Fairbanks did a hell of a job blocking the plate. He did. He did. I'm just. It's a wonder he didn't break his. Yeah, his that's arm. what you're worried about too, or his foot or whatever, or his foot or whatever <laughs> he stuck out there. And then and then Zanino throws out a guy stealing. So they, yeah. They and what was he doing running on that? I mean, what are you doing? Oh, I know, yeah. If you're the Red Sox, that was, you know. But they come back the next night uh, early you know, while, while the Lightning was mm-hmm. was uh, losing game six. Uh, the Rays break the their, their losing streak. And I'm still I'm worried about their pitching. Still worried about their pitching, Steve. I don't know. I, th- I think, look, I think they'll be fine through the regular season. They'll be competitive. Maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe, I mean, you know, it's hard to tell. Where they're really going to miss class now is going to be the postseason. Yeah. Because who is that ace that's going to go eat innings in the postseason? Yeah. You know, I mean, last year you had potentially three of them, Morton, Snell, and Glass now. Now you've if got If they none. make the playoff, Steve, after losing Snell, Morton, and, and Glass now, basically, mm-hmm. for most of the season. And – that I that I and not, and not really replacing them with anybody close to equal value of those guys. Well, that would be incredible. I wonder. And, and you look. And Rick and I talked about this the other day when Wander got the call up. And and there's lots of reasons to call Wander up now. You know, the the six game losing streak. Um. You know, you just need some more offense. Although really, it was the pitching that let him down in that. That losing streak more than yeah, the hitting. Bullpen pitching. Yeah. You know, they hit a bad week. I mean, Pete Fairbanks lost three games that week uh, in a week. Um, but I think part of calling Wander up is we're going to need to trade for an arm, a big arm. Max Scherzer, whatever. You know, I don't know who else will be available, but they're going to need to trade for an ace if they think they can win a World Series this year. Which means you got to give up some major league talent because you're going to have to shed some salary to do that. Right. Brendan Lau, Kevin Kiermeyer, Yandy Diaz. You know you're going to have to shed some of that payroll mm-hmm. for the Rays to afford it. Most likely, I'm I'm speculating there. So you got to see is Wander Franco ready? Yeah. Is Vidal Bruhan ready? Is Josh Lowe ready? You know you you may see more of these guys getting called up because we got to we got to know. I mean we're trying to win this year. So we got to make sure we, we believe they, they are ready to help us win. But if we're going to shed some of this payroll to get an ace, we can't go tank the rest of the, the offense because these guys aren't ready yet. You know, right. trading Willie Adamas was easy. Uh, that was a good, I thought that was a good deal because not right. only did they get something back they could use with some bullpen help, yeah. but you're, you know, you're obviously creating some room for some people. Yeah, if you saw Rasmussen's pitch, I mean, his stuff was filthy. Yeah, I mean, he only came up for what a game or two, but and he'll be back, and then Fire Eisen. But yeah, you had Taylor Walls, who you knew was just as good, if not better, defensively than Adamas. That's what the Rays believe, right? And you think you know Willie Adamas is hitting one ninety? Could Taylor Walls do that? You were confident as a switch hitting shortstop that you thought he could do that. So that was an easy trade to make because you got good pitching back and you had a guy ready to to step in. Right. If you're going to take Brendan Lau out or. Joey Wendell less time or Yandy Diaz or, or whatever you got to are these guys ready so you got to start calling them up to see I think part of 
you know, this process of calling them up is are they ready to step in now to replace these guys? Because we may need to make more moves, particularly with with Glass now out for most of the season at least. Makes sense. Yeah. Definitely makes sense. You know, which but, as a Rays fan should excite you too if granted this is me speculating. I know, I don't I don't know anything. No, it all no makes sense. Me, but yeah. I'm hoping they're looking at big arms. Because this team is talented enough to we know that they're talented enough to go well, to the Well you World threw Series. Max Scherzer's name out there. I got excited. I'm yeah, like, well, really? Wait, Max Scherzer? Really? And, and you know, it may be a rental, but Sure. No, that's fine. But I mean, you know, next year you're hoping that, you know, McClanahan's a year older and Patino has now got more experience and Glassnow's back and you know, you start all those yeah. arms that you have. So you know, I, I you know, I'm hopeful the Rays are looking at big arms because they I think they need one. If they if they want to win a World Series this year, I mean, I, we know the interchangeable parts, and they've got enough arms, and they'll get creative enough to get the outs and and stay competitive and in the division race the whole season. They're in a very tough division, so maybe they maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't. But when you get to the playoffs, sometimes you got to rely on that ace to go more than five and two thirds innings, absolutely, and shut a team down. Sure, Max Scherzer, I'm on board. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, I think it'd be great. I mean, you know, get the other team, uh, you know, getting him to undress on the mound. and <laughs> Exactly. And these guys got to watch it, man. Sergio Sergio Romo taking his pants off. Like, I I get it. You're upset. Like, don't, like, keep your pants on, man. Did you see Rob Manfred said everything's going well with this? Oh, my gosh. It's a disaster. Although, granted, if you look at his comments. Yeah. He said, look, everything's gone well. Yes, we've got a couple guys that are upset, but for the most part, most of the players want to clean up the game and do it right. We haven't caught anybody with anything, so it's going well through two days. I just I mean, go back to the, the point, spe- Steve. Well, who, asked for, who asked that we fix this right now? Well, Where did that come from? Why are we doing it in the middle of the season? I do not understand that at I all. I cannot imagine that there were hitters out there complaining to the point where you say, hey, we got to change something right now. Well, because every hitter in the league knows that you want to get some of that sticky tack, go go to one of your teammates' lockers because yeah. they got it. Well, they wanted to get rid of it, but why Why are you doing this in the middle of the season? It makes zero sense to me. It's a typical baseball overreaction to something that's happening right now. Like Rick and I talked about this on the podcast well, recently. But the fact of the matter is you saw this coming. You should have done it two years ago. Oh, yeah. Three years well, ago. this is what they do, though. We've Run, seen it oh, runs, are, runs are up. Let's raise the mound. Oh, nobody can hit. Let's put the mound back down. I mean, hey, we ought to just be impressed. This one didn't take a congressional investigation to get them to change it like steroids did. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, that's the only reason they cared about that one. <laughs> steroids? Oh, yeah. we Everybody knows what's going on. I mean, the GM's knew. The players knew. Sure, the players' union knew. was fine. Baseball's fine with it. Congress says, we're going to like your antitrust exception. Oh, no. We want to get steroids out of the game. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you know, it's and it, I can't blame baseball for that. I mean, you know, whether they should have an antitrust exemption, that's a whole different show, too. So anyway, All what right, you I'm looking going? forward to Game Seven. Game yes. Seven. I, game that's Seven. What I'm looking for Friday night, Amelie Arena, eight o'clock. House should be rocking. I'm assuming it'll still and be. And don't a... throw beer cans on the ice if the Lightning win. What the heck was that? The Islanders throwing their fans threw beer yeah. on the ice. I was going to say they ought to start taking the seats out, but they may have another round to go. So I guess you can't do that yet. You know who does that? Who throws who throws beers at your team? <laughs> Full cans of beer. Yeah, that's true. Well, the, like the, a the, drink the, it. The Mexican you fans paid twelve fifty for it. The Mexican B. fans did that against the U.S. and they hit one of their own players. If you if you saw that match a couple weeks ago when the U.S. and Mexico played in soccer in Denver, 
You don't throw you throw hats on the ice. You throw soft <laughs> stuff. You don't throw full cans of beer. Yeah, I mean, drink that beer. I mean, that was expensive. <laughs> throw the empty can if it's you probably want. Probably fifteen bucks or something. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way, and save up to thirty percent at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> so. so, what's going on at Pointer.org? Ah. Uh... What is going on at Pointer.org? Uh, interesting case. I wrote a little bit about the Supreme Court. They had a case where a girl uh, flipped off her cheerleading coach and and got suspended from school. And she sued and went all the way to the Supreme Court saying, I did that off campus. She can't suspend yeah, she me. She put it on that. like Snapchat or something, a yeah, group chat. Yeah, the Supreme of, Court said, you're right. She you did make the cheer team, I think it was. And That's exactly what it was. And said, she F the Snapchat. cheer team, F the school, F the. Yeah. And the school suspended her. And she goes, you can't do that. I was off campus. And the Supreme Court said she's right. You can't do that. You can't suspend her for that. So interesting free speech, although they were pretty narrow. The court was in its decision. I mean, there are not everything is protected, even if you're not on campus. You can't bully and you can't threaten people and stuff. Oh, sure. It, sure. Interesting case. Interesting. Case. Well, but that's, I mean, that's I mean, free speech is there are limitations to free speech. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For, you, you know, if you start harming or, others or, yeah, you start putting people in danger, public safety and that. Sure. So yeah, there, but you can say after school, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not harming squad. anybody. That's not harming <laughs> that, anybody or putting anybody right. in that's danger. A, and and it was pretty funny because the decision said that, like, yeah, she can say that just because you don't like it, you know. Too that, bad. That's kind of the. That's kind of what free speech is. Exactly. Is you don't have to like it. <laughs> so it, it was an interesting case. So I, I wrote a little bit of that for Thursday's uh, Pointer Report. Excellent. Will you be covering Dr. Jill Biden in town today? I will not. Okay. She no. is in town for a vaccination event at she Emily She is in Arena, town for, so. with the, over at Emily, right? Yeah, yeah, trying to get uh, more people vaccinated as they're trying to get, reach their goal of, what, 70% by July 4th, which looks like yeah, they'll fall a little it, short. Yeah, I don't think but, they're going to get there. They're gonna, I think they're going to come up a little short on that. But it's. Uh, but if you're looking to get cost. vaccinated, they will, uh, I think it's uh, 4.30, to, no, is it 2.30 to 4.30 or 4.30? I forget the time. At Emily Arena this afternoon. Well, if you're not vaccinated, figure it out and go get it. Yeah. Get it so vaccinated for Corona. It's a free event, but you do need a ticket. So if you go to the Tampa Bay Lightning's website, tampabaylightning.com, you can sign up for your free ticket to go. Uh, and Dr. Joe Biden will be there uh, to help people get vaccinated. So Good. Get your shot. Excellent. So uh, tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to have Eduardo Encina previewing Game 6, which will be Friday night. And uh, we may hear from Rick Stroud, too. We have a couple things in the can from him as he continues to be lazy and slack off and go on vacation. And text me during the game. He was texting I, I should, me, too. I should repeat some of the text. <laughs> you would never be Tampa Bay fans. You think, I should move to Boston. Wait till you hear what Strahd had to say. <laughs> he's he's Debbie Downer, man. He's Don on Oh, they can't win. What are they doing? On vacation in Debbie Downer. Wow. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Supposed to be carefree at those points, so. Thank you very much, Tom, for joining us. I'm sure you'll probably join us next week as well. Sounds as good. Rick continues to slack off, and uh, and hopefully the Lightning will be in the Stanley Cup Final. Then that would be that would be that. nice to be talking about. And the Nikita Kucherov will be playing. Hopefully, so well, yes, that would be even better. So, 
So for uh, the Vacationing Rick Stroud and for Tom Jones, I'm Steve Versnick. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.